Follow Him podcast. This podcast is created by the Boise Nampa Institute of Religion for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Here, we hope to help young adults find relevant principles each week as they study the assigned Come Follow Me scripture block as outlined by the church. This episode is simply two institute teachers talking about what they see in the scriptures that might be relevant to your life. It is not intended to speak for the church or to definitively define doctrines or policies. Any opinions shared here are just that, our opinions, as we have learned to come follow Him. I'm your host, Matt Swenson. Let's jump in. Welcome back, everybody. It's good to be with you again uh, this week. Um, love, the, love the New Testament. It's so exciting. This is the beginning of this year to be in uh, the New Testament and studying again. Um, we have gotten Christ to earth um, and, and raised him up as a boy. And at this point, uh, we've got Christ uh, getting ready to be baptized. And I'm excited today to be with uh, Brother Rob Diebel again. Um, here at the Institute. Uh, we just love Rob. and Brother, welcome back. It's good to have you. Thank you. Good yeah. to be back and always good to be with you, my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any Appreciate new exciting it. things going on in your life? Oh, you know, um, got my family coming into town yep. and my, most importantly, my granddaughter yep, for the right. weekend. That's and right. uh, yeah, so looking forward to that. New granddad, so, huh? Yep. So cool. The best. Well, it's good to be with you. We won't waste a bunch of time. Let's just yeah. jump in. We're, uh, we're this week just studying one chapter, uh, the first chapter of the book of St. John. And... Um, Let's just jump in, brother. Tell me where we'd start and what uh, what should we look at? Oh, okay. So maybe just uh, for clarification, sure. uh, um, maybe some history or context. Um, we have this is the Gospel of John, yeah. um, who was a disciple of John the Baptist. Right. Um, most likely that either John the Baptist wrote the first portion of this, or that John the Beloved had his record as he was recording this, but heavily influenced, uh, for sure, by, by John the Baptist. Sure. Um, and, and I think we'll come back to that uh, and that relationship a little bit later. Yeah. But um, maybe jo the... F oh, go ahead. The Joseph Smith translation just says, that just identifies as, this is just a cross-reference uh, at the bottom of the very first page there, um, titles this book The Testimony of St. John instead of The Gospel According to St. John, yeah. as if, you know, John's gospel might be different than the gospel according to Matthew or something, right? Yeah. So I like that, that that just that, that differentiates it as his testimony, right? Beautiful. Whether he learned it from John the Baptist directly, uh, he had his record, or John the Baptist helped write it, um, it's his testimony of, of Christ. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, I, I got to tell you, the, the, whenever I read this, and I will never read John 1, 1 um, the same way again, since about seven years ago, I think it was, I had a young man, one of my seminary students, he, 16 or 17. Um, I, I, I'll, I can picture his face. I wish I could remember his name. I feel horrible. I'd love to give him credit here. Yeah, on, right. But, um, but he, he, he shared this idea, and it was so humble. Like, he wasn't even sure it was a good idea yeah. when he shared it. And, and to me, it was just profound. And maybe the most beautiful thing is not always profound to me, but with what you and I get to do with teaching. I've shared this with so sure. many right. and being able to watch other people's reactions. Yeah, sure. And here's, what, here's the insight that he had. He said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So first of all, before I get into this young man's comment, we have a little bit of a, a separation between the Word being Christ and, and God the Father. Right. But what this young man said, he said, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about the iron rod. Hmm. And you know, we talk about the iron rod is the word of God. And we always have these images of this being this iron rod, this inanimate object that we're holding on to. Yeah. And so when I read this, it was like, that was, that was a game changer. Now instead of me holding on to inanimate, I'm holding on to the word. Oh, wow. I've got my arms around Christ. Mm. And it was like, okay, now that's a different, right? Yeah. And not that the other one isn't wonderful and have value, but for me, that was just game changer. Like, man, I, that's big. Isn't it? And like the, the, that the iron rod it goes along the straight and narrow path. Well, so, yeah, Christ goes along the straight and narrow path, yeah. right? And by the way, he is called the Word, right? right? I think that yeah. there, there's, there's a definite connection. I don't want to minimize the, the importance of both, but, no. but that, isn't that a game That's changer? Really? Think about, like, I am embracing, physically embracing my Savior. Well, and, and, and that's, a, I think, a significant just change in the way to read that first verse, right? If you put Christ in there, um, in the beginning was the Christ, and the Christ was with God. 
um, and in the and, and though Christ was God, right? Yeah. And I think uh, I think that's a, a significant just way to view it, uh, super clear. But man, that adds that adds a lot. Yeah. That, that adds a lot to my perspective on that. I love the I love Moses. Moses uh, uses the same word about word. Um, it says uh, Moses one thirty two, and by the word of my power have I created them. Speaking of worlds which is mine only begotten son. So there's the definition of yeah. word, right? Um, being his son. But, but, but that's a, the word being Christ is, yeah, that's cool. I like that. You know, another thing, and again, I, this, there's uh, a lot of different connections can be made between, I think, this verse and, uh, and the, the whole tree of life vision. But uh, this idea of the word or truthful speech, yeah. um, you know, it, it's the way the the earth was created. Yeah. The, the, in the um, lectures on faith, whether it was Sidney Rigdon or, or Joseph Smith, or, you know, Joseph Smith at least gave his approval or stamp of sure. approval, right? But so we always say Joseph Smith um, said that um, God spoke, Christ spoke, and the, the chaos heard. Yeah, elements behaved. Right? right? And yeah. the elements behaved, and, and the worlds came into existence. Mm. Um, I wonder how much of, I believe, first of all, I think there's a profound uh, benefit in, in each of us individually focusing our lives on truth, period. Yeah. Looking internally. Am, am I, when I am speaking, am I speaking to try and win an argument? Sure. To aggrandize myself, to win a point, to right. get what I want? Or am I just focused on truth? Mm. When I research something, am I willing to put up a a still man instead of a straw man sure. in order to pay the price? Yeah, set to, aside my own biases to, to really learn truth. Right. Right. Yeah. And and I think I think I, I believe that if, if we as a as a country as a world as communities could do this more, so much of the the animosity yeah. could be put to rest. Yeah, if we could just view the political issues of our day or the cultures of our problem problems in our culture and of our day, right, and and view them with just truth, yeah, and not uh, my ego connected to it and not what's in it for me connected to it. You know, there's so that, there's so much power. I think about the times when young missionaries go out and and there is nothing. Okay, they're good. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but they're good because they're speaking truth, right? Yeah. I mean. Uh, especially today, they're so much better than I was at, at that age. But but I was a successful missionary, not because I really knew anything, but because what I had to speak was true, yeah. and it changed people's lives, right? And and that I think there's so much power in staying with truth. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well said. <sighs> what about you? Any thoughts that you've had? Yeah. <clears throat> Just uh, I I, lo I love the beginning of this. Um, uh, verse three, kind of harkening back to that idea that we we talked about in Moses. Uh, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Uh, obviously, Christ being the creator, yeah. right? Um, in our faith, we, we have uh, expanded knowledge to understand the order of that, right? I, I build homes, yeah. um, and, uh, and I understand that be just because I go out and build the house doesn't mean I designed and was the architect for the house, right? That, that God the Father was still preeminently involved. Um, and instructing Christ. And Christ, perfect and obedient, took those directions, took those instructions, went and built the house and came back and reported and said, hey, here's, here's what's going right, here's what's going wrong um, after Adam and Eve uh, fell, right? But, but being able to, to take direction from his Father I think is an important thing. And that when Christ lives, and we'll find this as we go through the New Testament this year, that that Christ really points through himself back to Christ, back to God, right? Yeah. He says, don't worship me yet, worship God. And, uh, and I think that uh, that's maybe a message that we're going to get to here today in talking about John the Baptist pointing others to, to God and to Christ, right? I want to, you, you kind of jogged a thought. In it. Sure. One of the occupational hazards you and I have yeah. is that you don't know what you said <laughs> when and to who, and so if I'm repeating myself to our audience, yeah, I apologize. Yeah. But I... Uh, I this idea that, that you just elaborated on and, and that's alluded to the scripture that, about the Christ being involved in the creation. And, um, I go back to John, or John, Genesis chapter 1 where Christ says that we're made in his image. Yeah. 
as we're about to embark on this grand adventure of mortality, right? Mm -hmm. We're about to leave the, the Garden of Eden and, and, and the fall. And, but what has happened before that? And by the way, think about this with our own kids. Like if, if my, if, what is God saying in that, in that statement? You were created in my image. Is it just I look like him? Right. Because if, if, as my daughters, I've got three daughters, as they leave my house, and the best piece of advice I've got for them is, hey, you look like me. Yeah. Like, thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. That's it. <laughs> but what has he, he just done? He has just created order out of chaos. Yeah. And I think that's the message is you, you and I. Yeah. You're created, we are created in His image. Mm. And, if, and, and of all of the m many wonderful things that, that He is, one of the things that He is, is He is He who creates order out of chaos. Yeah. And I think that's the message. Adam and Eve, Rob, Brother Matt, you have this in you. You also have the ability in your little sphere of influence to create some order yeah. in the chaos that surrounds you. I really love that. Not to take anything away from uh, the Savior and what He did in the creation. He definitely was in charge. But, but how often, you know, we learn in the temple that um, Christ brought Adam down to do the things um, that, he, that He did in the creation. Adam was a part of that. We learn in the temple that, that Adam represents each of us, right? When, when we're at the veil that, yeah. and, and that, uh, at the altars. That, and and not, to get, not to get too crazy, um, but, but the idea that you know, we learn in Abraham that Christ comes amongst the noble and great ones and he says, let us go down. Here, these are the ones. And, and, and not, that, not that you and I partook in the creation on any level like Christ or Adam did maybe even, but that maybe we were part of the discussion yeah. saying, hey, what, what should this look like? And, uh, and letting us help in that process. Christ being our oldest brother, right, would have learned everything in the yeah. pre-existence. And you and I were born somewhere after him. Um, but, but if Christ was taking classes in creation and all the things that he, uh, why wouldn't we have been given similar opportunities to learn as Christ had learned? Definitely not like Christ, right? We would definitely give him that credit and, and don't want to get too wonky with that. But, but there's, a, there's a whole pre-existence of learning that we have forgotten and that Christ remembered. Yeah. And it took him those 30 years to learn it all again um, until we get to this day in the baptism. But, but uh, I, I just wonder sometimes if, if there's not as much to do as I think there's going to be on the next, in the next side. You know, maybe we've already got some learning done there. Probably. Yeah. And, and yeah, our, certainly we know that our growth and development didn't begin right. in, in mortality. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, perfect. Love it. Thank you. Okay, jump us in. Where do we, where do we go? <clears throat> um, ah, good question. Why don't we... Uh, Talk for a little bit about this idea of of light and and yeah. darkness, um, versus uh, maybe pick up verse four. Okay, um, is it alright if I just read a couple yeah, verses out? Ahead. I just kind yeah, of in context for our listeners. Um, so verse four: In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkest darkness comprehendeth it not. Therefore was a man sent from God whose name was John. This same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, and all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Mm. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Mm. And that's probably where I maybe stop for now. Um, I've pondered a lot about this idea and, and that the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehendeth it not. Yeah. Um, that, that he's bearing witness of the true light, that, that lighteth everything, that, that the planets, the, 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 the trees that grow, that, yeah. that everything is because of the light of Christ that is imbued in it. Um, that, that we are endowed as children of God with a portion of that light of Christ in us. Yeah. Now, from that point forward, we can increase that light or we can decrease that yeah. light. Yeah. Um, maximally on either way, by the way, right? We can, we can, we could uh, technically, and the scriptures speak to a few individuals who sin to the point where there's no light left. But to the point where, like, 
dark. You can't. How do you like if if you and I had could black out this room at the tiniest little bit of light? Yeah, your eye goes right to it. Right. So how was how does darkness not comprehend right light? Yeah, it must be true darkness, right? Right. To, to be to be that thick, that that deep. I I love the idea of the light of Christ. Elder Christofferson gave a talk um, about truth. Um, where he talks about the, the light of Christ and really defines that light um, given to all men. And I, I think an important component of, of a discussion about the light of Christ in us <clears throat> is the distinction between the light of Christ being knowledge of right and wrong, good and evil, mm -hmm. and the Holy Ghost. That there is a difference between just what we come with, our capacity, our spiritual ability to just know right from wrong, and whether the Holy Ghost is prompting a, a, an action or a behavior or a a direction. Um, I think too often we think we need the Holy Ghost to come and whisper when we already know right and wrong. We already know, I don't, I don't need to do that. This is the right choice for me. Um, I love the New for Strength of the Youth for that purpose, right? It, it just has this, the young people think about the principles of the gospel and make their decisions. And, and, and not, not excluding the, the Holy Ghost in that process, but, but sometimes I wonder if we, if we put too much on God to say, well, I'm waiting for you to tell yeah. me. When we know, right? Yeah. We know right from wrong. And, yeah. You know, that's, so we finished up uh, 2022, Come Follow Me, and right. one of our last books in, in Haggai, there's that phrase, consider your ways. Yeah. You know, so, you know, the Lord could have just said, hey, this, this, but he said, you know, yeah. think about your life. Yeah. And, and, and consider ways could mean Hey, there's this area I'm doing well. This is areas that need to improve, right? It, 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 it wasn't even a, 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 it was a statement of direct, hey, you need to repent. It was take, right. some, take some stock. Think about where you're at. And you've got the capacity, you know. Right. Uh, yeah, there's some profound, and, and how, how willing are we to look internally yeah. and to wrestle with those things? And maybe this comes back to what we were just talking about a little bit ago is, yeah, that's an area in my life that just isn't. Yeah what it should be. Well, it speaks to me. It speaks to that. Well, there's a couple of things. The, the, the Savior in the Doctrine and Covenants multiple times calls us his friend. Yeah. Right? I love that idea that, that I could be his friend and he, looked, he would look upon me as a friend. But maybe even more importantly that he says often, and even in the Old Testament, let us reason together. How could I possibly reason with a God yeah. <laughs> unless I had some light like him, right? And unless I had any capacity to think on his level, how could I possibly do that? And so I think there's just a proof there that, that God did create us in his image with that, um, with the light of Christ, with that, that ability to know right from wrong, good from evil on a godly level. Um, and, and maybe my life would be a little simpler if I just followed that light yeah. and, and didn't, but didn't put so much on, I need to kneel down and find out. Eh, just go with what you know, I yeah. think is the right thing. So yeah, that's cool. You know, I, I hadn't really planned on talking about this, but in Doctrine and Covenants, there's that phrase in uh, section 130, 18 and 19 that he or she that gains more knowledge uh, in, in this life will have an advantage, intelligence right. knowledge right in yeah. the life to come. Yeah. Well, if you compare that with section 93 and you look for words that are synonymous uh. with n knowledge and intelligence, you find that the glory of God uh. is intelligence, Yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so all of a sudden, like, he or she who gains more of the spirit, the light of truth, the glory of God. And, and I, I would suggest that it would be valuable for each of us regularly to consider our ways, to take that little course and, and analyze, are, are my daily life choices bringing more light into my life or decreasing that? Yeah. And much, much better to make those little tiny course corrections uh, than to have to completely find your self in rubbles and rebuilding. Sure. But, but almost, like, I, I don't know how fine of a point we can put on it. Right, yeah. But, but any given moment, you and I are gaining or lo losing light. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, yeah, that, I think that's important. It, and, and to know that Christ's light was the light that created all things, right? Yeah. That, that his power, the power that comes to him um, was the is the power behind the sun S U N right Yeah exactly and and so if it's that powerful man that I that I don't give it some credit 
yeah. uh, is is a little silly to me. A little silly, yeah. Is your mic? Oh, it's there. Good. No. I, I, just okay. keep it out in front of your coat. Sorry. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. I yeah. I think it gets silly when we think we don't have. Um, we don't have the ability. Yeah. We, we don't. Maybe right. But but the power and, and knowledge we've been given from the Savior, we we do. We absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well said. Uh, cool. Where should we go next? Uh, let's let's keep moving into in deeper into this chapter okay. here. Um, <clears throat> so uh, some description about John, uh, verse six. Uh, there was a man sent from God who was John. Right? Who was John? Uh, we've kind of talked this through, right? That that he wasn't the guy. He wasn't yeah. the guy that um, uh, that 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 was who people should be following. But he had a following, right? He had he had people kind of following after him. Um, <clears throat> maybe verse 15. Uh, John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me, and of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So, so John, to his disciples, is teaching, there's this man that's going to come after me whom... Uh, whom I'm preparing the way for, but he's going to be the man. He's going to yeah. be the guy you're to follow. Um, and he's so careful about having people follow him, right? And maybe there's something there's something to learn here yeah. as we get into this chapter a little bit deeper. But um, the, the, the Sadducees come to him here and they inquire of him, who are you? What, who do you think you are? Um, they had been sent by their leaders um, to come and find that out. And we we get into that. I don't know if there's something here you want to talk on, but um, they ask him some questions. Uh, verse 19, uh, the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask, who art thou? He, uh, he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ, um, which I think I probably would have been willing to, to admit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> knowing the, the history here. Um, they said, what then? Who art thou? Art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. Then he then said they unto him, Who art thou, that we may give an account, a, an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? And he says this. This is an interesting statement. He says, He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, making straight the way of the Lord, as saith the Lord, the prophet Isaiah. Right. And, and uh, we know that 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 references um, Isaiah. And the, the prophecy of Isaiah. And so he claims being um, the prophet prophesied of, uh, which is a significant claim, I think. Um, but, then, but then he goes right back into, but don't follow me, yeah. right? That's pretty cool. That is really cool. Pretty powerful in there. You know, I think there's a few things that I, I would like to maybe at least just, just kind of throw out there. I don't know, yeah. decide how, long, how far we want to go into these, but um, the fact that Christ uses other people to teach his word, to yeah. spread his word. It's, it's not like Christ himself individually goes to every human being, but, but he sends you and I, yeah. right? He sends, he sends John, and uh, that a testimony comes from hearing the word. Yeah. That, that's in Romans uh, 10, 17. Yeah. And so as John is testifying, and as you and I in our, the way we live and the way we speak can testify, we get an opportunity to, in our own little way, kind of be forerunners, sure. right, and go before an, yeah. Christ and, and prepare the way. Yeah, yeah, that's a big deal, and 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 uh, that's been the pattern of Christ up until this point, right? He's had to do that. He's had to call Moses, and he's had to call Abraham, he's had to call these others to help bring us to him, um, even in a a sideways way, right? By saying, "Hey, here's the law of Moses. Let's live this," which points exactly to me. Um, it, it was it was a way for others to help others uh, gather. He, he didn't always have to come down and do it. He would he would trust um, his brothers and sisters to be a part of the the gathering even early on. I really like that. Um, <clears throat> the the Sadducees say, "Then who are you?" Right? Well, okay. So so well, if if you're not Christ, why are you baptizing? Because Christ's baptism when he comes, his baptism is going to be the one. So why are you doing this? And uh, I think there's, I think there's some power in just remembering that baptism had been around. It was a thing they should have known about and yeah. should have should have been adhering to um, since Adam, right? It was yeah. a, a, a baptismal covenant was necessary, and 
And so it maybe speaks to their lack of understanding of the gospel um, there a little bit. Maybe just one other, uh, well, I got a couple other thoughts. Um, but one that I think that, you know, so I, I've taught leadership here, classes here at the yeah. Institute for the last, I think, six years. And one of the, the principles we'll always hit on, and, and I, I get almost, I would say, a universal response to this is, I'll, I'll throw out this scenario, something like, let's say you're, you're in a group of, of your friends and you're just having a conversation and they start to speak glowingly about another individual that has some abilities, some talents, some skills um, that you also have. Yeah. And, and maybe even <laughs> better than them. Yeah. And how many of you have ever noticed that internally you start to maybe get a little jealous or yeah. resentful yeah. or you start to get that little, and, and almost like universe, the hands will come up, yeah. right? And, and like, why do I pose that question? Well, been there and done that, right? right? Yeah. It's not like I, sure. and I, I love how he's, I mean, of course he's deferring to Christ. Right. But I think there's a lesson in that for all of us that could we be more, could we be benefited? Could other people, by us getting our eyes off of our ourselves and, and yeah. building up other people? and Well, and, and Christ is the perfect example of that too, right? Like, like He constantly defers to the right? Father. He, he, calls, he calls these 12, these 12 disciples to follow him, gives them specific roles because they're successful in those things, right? Yeah. And and I, I think about how Christ would have been like perfect at all of those roles, yeah. and he's giving it to just flawed people <laughs> and trying to lead them and help them understand how to do that thing that they're good at better, right? And and the, the humility that it would take to learn to, um, learn to follow um, a, a living being right next to you uh, maybe unless it's Christ, it's challenging. We we have challenges. Uh, I, I my daughter actually yesterday um, sent out a, a Facebook post to just ask some questions about adulting, and it was just very simple. To give, give me your best advice about being an adult. She just got married this year and uh, thinking about her family and whatnot. And and so one of the responses I think was really cool, um, and it was this idea that Christ is like our piano teacher. And he sits on the bench next to us, and um, as we are playing our song, the one we want to play, he just sits and watches us, and then waits for us to say, can you help me with this section? I'm struggling with this section. And then his hands kind of over, over on top of ours help our fingers do the thing that we should do, because we're incapable of it on our own, right? And then he lets us go again and lets us continue on our song. Um, but that go kind of goes back to that, that, you know, the, the 12 that he called had their own skill set, had yeah. their own capacity, uh, Christ being the, the ultimate um, example. But, but you're right, when we, have, when we have others around us that are, are good at the thing we're good at, there's a little bit of competition, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that that natural man is, is alive and well. Yeah, right. And uh, huh. in fact, it just... Carl Jung, he referred to it as the shadow. I think you and I would call it the natural man. Sure. But I think he nailed something. And he, he said, and, and firmly believe that, that that potential, that dark side, it, it literally could go all the way to hell. Yeah. And, and I think Satan's an example of that, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and the way to, to deal with that was not to pretend it doesn't exist. Right. Right? That, good luck with that. Yeah. But it was to incorporate it, and what he meant by that was to bring it to light. And, and Paul actually spoke of it. He said, whatever is brought to light can be made light. Yeah. And, and when you and I are willing to recognize, I, I think it's a beautiful thing. And, and listen, we were made weak generally, right? Yeah. We're not surprising him. Right. But when we're willing to bring that part of us to light and wrestle with that, I think then that weak thing, yeah. and by the way, God doesn't get rid of that. No. He makes it a strength. Yeah, because right. because ultimately we need to know and learn all the things that he knows and understands, and 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 so the things that are weaknesses in us need to not just be ripped from us, um, removed from us. They need to become, we need to become perfect at those things yeah. and managing those things and directing those things. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's a what a great insight there. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. In fact, I just another thought maybe in that kind of same vein is in uh, in verse sixteen. 
and of his fullness have all received and grace for grace. Mm. And for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So, in fact, in Doctrine and Covenants 93, yeah, you know, you right? Going there, yeah. Let, 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 yeah, why don't we read that? And, and this may be something that some of our listeners will be familiar with, but if not, it's, it's certainly beneficial. And yeah, is it verse 12 in there? 12 and 13 okay. will be the, the verses. I'm, I'm certain if, if not, you can correct me when we get there. Yeah, this is about truth, right? This, yeah, this is good. So, you mind reading 12 and 13? Oh, yeah. And I, John, saw that he received not of the fullness at first, but received grace for grace. And he received not of fullness at first, but continued from grace to grace until he received the fullness. Okay. And I think verse 18 a little bit we ought to read yeah, as sure. well. But so, so, John is speaking about Jesus Christ. And he said he received not of the fullness at first, but he received grace for grace, right? Yeah. Which, which is an exchange, as Jesus Christ spent every day of his life giving grace, yeah. divine means of help and assistance to others, he received grace from his Father in heaven, yeah. Yeah. which enabled him to go from one level of grace to another until eventually he inherited all that the Father has. Yeah. And you and I might think, well, that's great for Jesus, but what about me? Well, in verse 18, and in this verse it says, yeah. uh, you and I continue, and we receive grace for grace, meaning... The, the path to you and I becoming like Christ isn't through you and I, through our sheer will, right. writ, determination and willpower, right? Doing and it every awesomeness. Day. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know what? My, my buddy Matt, he's got a, he needs some help. I can go help him. Yeah. I'm going to give some grace. Yeah. Right? And then almost like, I think without even recognizing it, some time goes on and, and you realize, oh, you know what? I'm better at that than I used to be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we are added upon when we, when we give, right? And, and that goes back to maybe King Benjamin's address that, that we are unprofitable servants, right? As soon as we do something yeah. good, God gives us a blessing yeah. for it and we're indebted again, right? Yeah, which hallelujah, the only debt we want, yeah, right? let's take, take on but, more of it. But, but I might also um, have us look at Grace for Grace slightly different in that um, if, you, if, you learn, if you learn through grace, if we're given new knowledge because God gracefully gives it to us, and then I act gracefully on that thing, I'm given new knowledge again. Right, right. yeah. And so if you, if you think that. of Christ, the, uh, there's so many differences between he and I, but, but one of them was he learned something so well the first time he learned it that he never didn't do it that way again, yeah. right? And, and that's how he learned, right? As an infant boy, um, toddler, there was probably a day where he wanted a toy and went and took the toy and then had to get taught, no, no, that we're going to share or whatever, right? And perfectly from that point on, he never didn't, didn't do that thing, right? And, and so there's this, there's this maybe fallacy that Christ didn't have to learn mm. because he is perfect, right? Yeah. Well, he became perfect because of his actions to act in grace, right? Yeah. That doesn't mean he sinned ever. Um, it just means that in the process of growing up, he learned because God gave him some grace and he acted perfectly grace for grace and then was given more the next time. He never stepped Certainly. backwards on the, on the stair steps, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that that idea of, of being given grace or acting in grace, as you've suggested, right? That, that I, can, I can be given more and added upon because I've done something with this knowledge that I have, right? Yeah. Um, I think either way you look at that, that concept is such a Christ-like concept of growth and development and learning. Right and 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 maybe the faster we get at learning something new and being obedient to it from that point forward, uh, the more Christ-like we become in our life. I, I think without a doubt, I think that is one of the most uh, helpful things for a young person. Speaking of, of young people, yeah. to 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 understand and and what at, at some point you have to jump on that yeah that Ferris wheel or that yeah. train and get on and yeah, and it's interesting. I, th I think about teenagers that we teach and the young people that we teach sometimes thinking, well, when I get married, then yeah. you know, then I'll stop staying up till three in the morning and then I'll stop. And and the reality is, those are principles of good health. Those are principles yeah. of right how you date, when you date, um, the way that you uh, you study. All of those things that we we tend to put off in the future, saying I'm gonna do that better when fill in the blank. Yeah. Um, we're just denying ourselves the blessings of more grace and more knowledge 
because we're unwilling to act in grace yeah. uh, initially. And, and I think that's, a, you're right, that's a, that's a challenge of, of the young especially. Challenge for us too, right? But, yeah. But, but there, are, there are maybe bigger gaps when you're young and you don't have all your life put together yet. And, and so it becomes more apparent uh, when you're a parent, right? For, uh, that you're not reading your scriptures every day and your family's not studying them every day, right? That, but, but maybe it's not as apparent when you're single and you're, and you're uh, going through your day. And, well, and, the, and, and these are lessons that you and I have naturally learned. For, you know, we, we were in their shoes one time and there's some of the things that we were not as good at back then or as right. organized. Yeah. You know, maybe just a, a principle before we come back to the scripture block that I'm going to age myself. Sure. Uh, cool. But because uh, a lot of they, they won't know who Peter Vidmar is, but yeah. uh, member of the church, faithful, <laughs> he spoke at general conference as, and it's rare for a non-general authority to speak right. at general conference. Yeah. Um, gold medal and multiple uh, medal winner in the, the Olympics in the '80s in uh, gymnastics. Um, but uh, he was getting ready for the Olympics, and he, he's speaking about this, you know, after the Olympics. And he said, you know, in, in sports, you hear things all the time like, "Oh, I'm going to work twice as hard. We're going to practice hard." Like, right. no, you're not. Yeah. And, and that's, it gets to the point, actually, where that's counterproductive, yeah. right? right? Your body's going to break down, and, and you're really not going to practice for eight hours a well, day. Well, and you can't go from 98% workout to 198% workout, yeah, right? Yeah, and all that stuff. That it's stuff. just stuff that we say that... Yeah. He said, but, but here's what I realized. He said, uh, at the end of each practice, I realized throughout the, throughout the whole year, if I put in 15 minutes... He said, there was never a meet that I... That, that I participate in, that I wish I didn't have an extra month of prep for, mm -hmm. right? So I figured if I put in 15 minutes extra, by the end of the year, I'd have about a, a month's worth of mm, extra. extra time, wow. right? And, and that's one thing I would also just suggest to, to our listening audience that incremental, steady improvement, yeah. a little bit here and a little bit there, line upon line, yeah. is a more joyful way, productive way, um, Maybe uh, growth mindset as opposed to right uh, this this perfectionism Become might, becoming that right yeah, now, yeah. Is, a, is a much healthier spiritually healthy mentally healthier way to approach your your development in every aspect of your life yeah and that's so good and, and especially coming from you you know those of you that aren't locals here uh, might not know this but uh, brother Diebel is is quite the athlete himself um, mountain biking and everything outdoors he's just fantastic at but. But to know that the, the growth long-term comes from incremental growth uh, reminds me of the talk uh, maybe two or three years ago from um, General Conference about the aggregate 1%. Oh, yeah. Uh, right, where 1% where over the course of a longer period of time growth, consistent 1% growth is significant. You For know, sure. You get farther down the road. So yeah. It's the 1%, one degree off concept that, um, you know, maybe in the positive way. Yeah. Right? But, well said. I like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. So, Jay. back in uh, in John here, um, uh, the next day, this John one twenty six, and back me up if there's other things you want to cover before this. But John one twenty six, the next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh the, the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh the man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore, am I come baptizing with water? So I didn't know where he was. And so I'm, I came preparing because I know he's coming. Uh, we keep going. John bear record saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it bowed on him. And I knew him not, but he sent me to baptize with water. The same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the spirit descending and remaining on him. The same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost, and I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. So all of his disciples that are there with him, including a couple of apostles that are going to come out of yeah. this group, um, are there, and uh, and he sees Christ coming and says, oh, this is who you should be following. Let let me point you his direction now. And and, and there is a proof that the, 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 the Holy Ghost descending as in the form of a dove had been a, a promise he would get, right? That he would know the Christ by that. Now we remember also that Christ and, and John the Baptist were cousins, um, and so he knew him. He knew he knew yeah. of him. He knew who he was, and my guess is he had some inklings about who he was early on, um, but uh, it wasn't until the Holy Ghost confirmed it, um, that, that confirming witness being one you don't deny, um, that uh, he knew who was standing in front of him that day. 
And then the others that are standing there, they start getting the, yeah. that same witness, yeah. right? They start seeing that same yeah. witness. And then they start gathering others around them. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's jump in here because I think we could get to that. Uh, verse 35, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. So they just heard John. They, they trusted John so much yeah. that they are like, that's Jesus I'm following, yeah. right? And then they ask an interesting question. I'm sure you've got thoughts on this. Yeah. Verse 38, then, Je then Jesus turned and saw them following and saith unto them, what seek ye? What a fantastic yeah. question, right? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say being interpreted master, where dwellest thou? Now there's some significance in the answer that they give, which is another question, right? Mm -hmm. But but talk a little bit about that question. You know, what seekest ye? Uh, and and I, I think there's a, there's a lot in that. First right. of all, it's not like he didn't know. Yeah. Right. right. As often yeah. happens, I think the, the question was for their benefit to 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 search and to, to ponder and yeah. to address. Um, I got. I'll tell you another thing that I just maybe jump ahead a little bit. His answer. Yeah. Um, he saith unto them, "Come and see." Yeah. I was like, "Okay." Uh, they're looking for the Messiah. Yeah. Come, come and see. Yeah. They say, "Where do I find you at?" Where, right. like, I can follow you today, but where tomorrow do I wake up and come get you? Where, where? Where do you live at? And he says, why don't you just come? So what's he asking them to see? Come live with me. Come, right? come see how I live. That's the part right there yeah. where I get a little uncomfortable personally, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't, uh, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. listen to what I say, uh -huh. right? And, and I, had to, I had to teach um, a couple weeks ago uh, the priesthood, our priesthood quorum about uh, helping the the. the, the the president asked me to, to address parents and grandparents and helping to raise their children in the gospel, sure. right? Yeah. And, and of course, when you prepare a lesson like that, what do you, th you think about all the ways you blew it at different right. times. Yeah. It was I'm like, kidding. I don't necessarily want you to come <laughs> and see everything, yeah. right? Oh, wow. But I, I love that, like... He's so confident in so how confident. he's living. Just right. come and see. Yeah. And, and later, Nathan's going to say to others, Yeah. Go see, man. Go, come on. Go. Right. Well, and what's, Nathan's got a, an interesting story in here too. Nathaniel here, he's he um, he he asks a question that is interesting. Um, the the verses we're skipping here, maybe between forty and forty five, are Simon being found, um, uh, Philip being found, right? And and every time Peter being identified as the seer stone, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so there's some significant things yeah. we're skipping around in here. But, but how many times the word found, findeth, found him, th that idea of finding him um, was something that as soon as those two apostles recognized That's who it was, they run to get everybody they love and everybody they know and bring them to see him. To see and him. To identify him. But, but Nathaniel asks a good question, verse 46. Nathaniel said unto him, well, let me back up one verse. Philip findeth Nathanael and said unto him, We have found him of whom Moses is in the law, and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now, in our region, I don't know what city it would be, but Nazareth was not a city of, like, renown. Yeah. Nothing was coming out of Nazareth yeah. that, like, you wanted or needed, right? And so you, you, wherever you're living in the world, think of, like, the, the podunkiest town in the world next to you. Yeah. And that's kind of the, this place that Nazareth was. Um, and and it, also, it, it also consisted of a, a group of people that the Jews really didn't like, right? It was not a group of people that they were wanting to interact with a lot. So Nathaniel then says... Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, come and see. Yeah. Right? You, you, you come see. But, but Christ then it, it puts Nathaniel's question maybe in context of who Nathaniel was. Because that sounds kind of like a snarky comment. Like, can anything come yeah. out of Nampa that's good? Right? I mean, like, that's not what he's saying. He just, he's just not seeing Nazareth as this place of, of where the Christ would be born. Yeah. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, this is 47, and said unto him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, 
in whom is no guile. No guile. Right? So Nathaniel was this guileless guy who was like, really? So let's just, for our audience, let's make sure they all understand. What, 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 how would you define like gu what guile is or what does it mean to be without guile? Yeah. Um, uh, we have a colleague who is without guile, I think. I wonder if you think of the, sa the same person. Right? Yeah. I, think, I think Brother yeah. Gagnon uh, exactly. is, yeah. is just, if you have not met this man, he is just so humble um, without, uh, it's such a good word to, to, to try to describe. Well, he does not have the capacity within his very nature to be deceptive right? or in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, or, or, or cruel. Or cruel. Or, or think the worst of you. Yeah. He always is just thinking the positive. It literally is not in his nature. Yeah, I think Brother Edwards is a lot like yeah. that, right? He just yeah. is the, our institute director here. Um, without guile, I think, is just Christ-like. Yeah. I think maybe that's the that, best that's way to describe it. That's a beautiful way to say it. Right? And, and maybe there's some power and some, um, and some authority that Christ-likeness -like, Christ has yeah. additionally. Um, because I think you can be... Uh, without guile and be almost too submissive sometimes. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, but but I think Nathaniel being described as a man by Christ, as a man with no guile, back up to the question that he asked, he was not being mean. No, he was yeah, not putting Nazareth down. He just was like, really? Is is Nazareth really the place that the Christ would be born? Um, and, and I think Christ's, uh, just the way he speaks to him, um, verse 48, Nathaniel said unto him, Whence knowest thou me, Jesus? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before thou Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? That's enough for yeah, you? That's... Like that's all that you needed was me having identified you as this guy sitting under a fig tree I saw one time? Uh, thou shalt see greater than this, right? Greater than these things. And he says, the last verse of the chapter, Verily, verily, I say unto you, hereafter ye shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Because of who you are, because you were willing to be gathered at such a simple, you did yeah. not require proof. You did not. All I needed to do is I saw you. I know you. And that's all. And you follow. What a fantastic example Nathaniel was. Beautiful. Right? And isn't it a beautiful example of gathering? Yeah. Of you know, we've got this. First, we start with with John, yeah. and then John had his followers, and then of course Christ comes on the scene, and, and they leave John and they follow Christ, and then they recognize that Christ is the rabbi, he's the master, yeah. and then they go like you said, and they tell their friends and their family, and 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 then the, you know because people hear the word and they come and they see and yeah. they feel yeah. that that their hearts are changed, they, they're endowed now with the power to become, as the scripture says, yeah. sons of God, yeah. and they share that with others. So powerful. Um, you know, maybe just in closing here, I'd, I'd love for you to speak a little bit about the idea that John the Baptist sent people past him and maybe even lost all of his followers. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's, I think, a leadership principle there. There's, a, there's an aspect of being Christ-like there. Um, I'd just love for your thoughts on that idea. Oh, thanks. You know, and, 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 you know, not only is he left alone, yeah. but he's going to be thrown in prison. He's going to, you know, be decapitated, right? right? Yeah. I mean, this is like... It's a bad ending to talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait. Right? Oh. Uh, what, a, what an example for, for us. Because his, his sole concern was, how can I point these people towards their Savior? Yeah. And he, by, by pointing them... They're able to be elevated, and their voice is able to carry a little bit more weight, yeah. and they're able to reach out to other people. And so while John is decreasing, and he says that, like, he's going to increase, I'm going to decrease, and he's fading into the background, yeah. right? He, but, but, in, but in a more powerful way, maybe, like, his, his, his light is shining even brighter now yeah. because, right, because it is being influenced by so many other people. The work goes on. Yeah. And so cool. Lives are changed, and people are in, literally. This, this, it says that you will be endowed. In fact, we just. Um, but as many as received him, meaning Christ, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Yeah. And uh, what a powerful message! I I love the idea that, and maybe we see it with prophets and apostles, our leaders, our bishops, our stake presidents where they pick up the baton and they're willing to run it as far as they're asked to run yeah. it. 
nine years, five years, three years, till they die, whatever the, whatever the length of time is. And they get the baton that much farther down the road, down the straight and narrow path for us, and then they pass away. And the baton's just left there for somebody else to pick up where they left it. And not to go back and correct the, the, the path that was taken before, but to run it maybe even a little more straight, maybe a little more direct. Um, I, I think there's a lot of power in that, that yeah. idea that John the Baptist was leading and, and preparing the way. And I, and I guess that just leaves you and I to, and, and I say you and I, I mean, whoever's listening to this, we, we have a baton as well. Yeah. Right? We have our own little sphere of influence. And, and we're going to muddle it up, muddy it up. We're, it's, we're not going to do it perfectly or, or, um, or without uh, some, some complexity along the way. Yeah. But let's take the baton to the next generation or... Well, and, and, yeah, and, and it reminds me of uh, the end of the Gospel Teaching and Learning Handbook. There's a little warning to teachers. Maybe it's a warning to all the world, right? That, that we could become so dynamic as a teacher and so engaging um, <clears throat> that people become dependent on us to yeah. teach them. Um, and, and I think those of you in callings that are leadership callings, you can become so instrumental in the lives of the people that you serve that they become dependent on you if you don't point them past you to Christ, which is yeah. John John's exact example here, right? And when you see Christ in your teaching and in your in your service, that you point to Him always, that you always identify Him as the source, um, even if it is you a talent, yeah. right? That He would be the ultimate talent and the ultimate uh, ultimate gift to each of us. Uh, Brother Diebel, close us out. Is there something? Uh, you would t want the young people to know something that just from Brother Diebel to them that you could uh, you could leave with us today. Yeah, maybe just uh, two two thoughts that uh, I'd like to connect is that that Jesus is the Word, yeah. that He is truth. Um, for those of you who maybe are are uncertain. Um, Maybe your, your testimony is, is either new in its development or maybe it's wavering. Um, I would invite you to search your soul. Purify it to the point where you just seek truth and then come unto Christ yeah. and see if you aren't better off, if you aren't happier, if you aren't more joyful, yeah. more confident, yeah, man, more yeah. peace. And I testify that He is the Prince of Peace. And those things that you are needing, searching for, desiring, will be found if you'll come into Christ and see for yourself. And that's what I would leave. Brother Diebel, thank you. It's been so good to be with you. I look forward to having you back again. Thanks, my friend. God Always good to be with you. Love it. Okay, bye-bye. Yeah. Bye.